I'm so excited to be sharing this episode with you all. It's actually just was one of the funnest things I've ever recorded. Colin is awesome. I love astrology. It just was like all, no pun intended, the stars were aligned in recording. Um, so I'm really excited to share it. Also, even though this episode is coming out August 31st, crazy, um, I have so many amazing guests for September. I like can't even contain my excitement. I'm so pumped to be recording with them and then sharing the episodes with you. And yeah, just so keep your eyes open and your um, ears open as well. So before I begin the episode, I want to just give a quick plug for Sakara. I've mentioned them in a couple of my episodes, but I wanted to remind you guys that they are um, this awesome service that delivers really like gut-friendly, healthy meals to you um, right to your doorstep. You can either sign up for like a weekly plan or let, um, so they have like meal programs or you can shop their clean, boutique, um, their clean boutique, which is like what I've been mostly doing, um, but I'm starting their signature program on September 1st. Ever since I've been back in the city, I honestly like have not, been wanting to cook <laughs> because I'm used to more of my mom doing it and so I'm really grateful for Sakara, especially like lip working at home and I don't really like want to just order in every day because of my wallet um and even though Sakara is like on the pricier side I am really excited to be able to give you guys 20% off your first order so if you go to sakara.com and then use code xozoe at checkout, that's X-O-Zoe-Z-O-E. You'll get 20% off your first order and then we can um, chat about how delicious it is. I'm a huge fan of their um, chocolates in their clean boutique. Specifically, they have one that's like, not CBD, but it's like similar. So it's just kind of tastes good and helps you like chill. But yeah, so again, cigar.com and code X-O-Zoe. But without further ado, here is Colin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Solace in the City. Today, I am so excited to be here with Colin Vidal, who is an astrologer and co-founder of Queer Cosmos. Yes, thank you for having me, Zoe. It's an honor to be here, and I'm excited to hear more about your story and your work and what you're doing to make people feel more connected in this crazy time that we're living in. Oh, I'm so excited. Everyone on the podcast knows how obsessed I am with astrology and it actually stemmed from Lindsay's obsession, not going to lie. <laughs> so I've been, and then I recently found out that there was such a, um, I guess I would not even know what you'd call it, study of psycho astrology. I forget if it's psycho astrology or, or yes. astro, it's astro psychology. Yes, you sent me the link. Yes, but I like that you said psychoastrology because we Psycho, are a little insane. Yeah, astropsychology, same thing. Um, yeah. But I, w I read that and I was like, that's awesome. So um, anyway, just going back, 
if you could just start out with some background information, where are you from? How old are you? Where'd you grow up? What's your story? And I'm going to try to guess your chart. Oh, guess my chart. Okay. Or at least guess your like major ones, but yeah. Okay. The top three. Okay. 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 So I am 31. I uh, was born, raised and buttered on Long Island, New York. And uh, I am an astrologer. And I've been really in this work for about three years now. It kind of just like totally seized me and has kept me hostage. It's always been a conversation that I've loved to have. I started like really learning about astrology when I was 12 and then took it to another level when I was like 23, 24. And then at 27, I decided to just like start a website with my best friend. Her name's Christina Shanine. And she is a queer woman, Chinese American, native, wanted to start queer cosmos to explore astrology, queer identities, and universal spiritual themes. And uh, two weeks after I started my website, that's when I was fired uh, from my day job. And I've just been doing this work out of necessity ever since. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so I, I remembered your, I remembered part of your chart Then I, I have to admit, I forgot your sun sign, but I think I figured it out because you were 30 when you recorded with Lindsay and that was in March. Yes. Oh, okay. So oh, summer birthday. You, Virgo. Oh, shit. Okay. oh wait, you're a Gemini. I am a fucking Gemini. And now watch all your listeners are like canceled. We don't want to hear him. <laughs> Good night. I actually surprisingly get along well with Gemini's. Um, and I know you have a Capricorn moon. I do. Do you too? <gasps> How do you know? <laughs> yes. I just had a feeling. You and me and Lindsay all you, have Capricorn. I, right, I, know, I knew it. I knew it. And that's why I was like, wait a minute. Don't don't jump to conclusions. But there I was, like, just jumping off the trampoline to that <laughs> conclusion. And, you know, tonight is currently a Capricorn moon. So this is being recorded while the moon is in Capricorn. Oh, my God. I just posted about the moon in Capricorn. I had a reading with the moon in Capricorn person just before. So wow. that's wild. So I yeah. feel like something wild. amazing has to happen tonight. Or I tell myself. Has to. <laughs> Wait, that's so funny. There are worse, worse things to tell yourself. Go ahead. And what's your what's your rising? Uh, Leo. So I'm a Leo rising, Gemini sun, Capricorn moon. Okay. And you already know my um my sun, and I guess now my moon. What do you think? What do you think I come across as? Uh, is there water somewhere? No, not in my chart at all. You're kidding. Mm-mm. Oh, then I'm I, I'm terrible at guessing. Here, tell me. I'm I'm. Go ahead. Aries, oh, I love, well, hence the athleisure, right? Are you wearing like athletic apparel? Actually? Yeah, is that is that really a, an Aries thing? Yeah, every Aries, I'm like, are you gonna go like join the military, kick some ass? Are you gonna go run a marathon? Like, where are you going? Because they always look like Xena, Xena warrior princess. Oh, who they... actually? Go ahead. Oh, was, is, was she an Aries? <laughs> she was Lucy Lawless because my uh, co-founder Christina. Uh, she is an Aries moon and she always loved Xena the Warrior Princess. And it turns out Lucy Lawless, the actress who played her, is a triple Aries, Zoe. So well, then that on. checks out. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. I just want to say something about Virgo really quick. Like, I don't want to take you off the script, but I just want to say that I think I said this with Lindsay. Yeah, I did. You know that I think Virgo's like among the funniest and they don't get the credit they deserve there. Really? I like yes. quick hum- kind of like quick humor. Oh my God. Yes. And metaphors and they're really dry and they just make me laugh. Oh my God. Virgo makes me laugh. So I just wanted that's to so tell you interesting. that. And actually that's funny because my dad's the Virgo 
And in many ways, we're really opposite because he's quiet. Um, but he does, he'll have some comments that are just like, that was pretty funny. So <laughs> that checks out. Whereas my mom is a Scorpio and she's like very Scorpio. Uh, I think we just get a bad are. rap. I think we get a bad rap. Yes. And you know, it, I'm glad you brought that up because I'm thinking probably by the time this comes out, maybe it'll be done. Um, but I'm thinking about actually starting a series called like five ways to get along with each of the Zodiac signs. And the first one I want to start with is Virgo, because honestly, Zoe, like I, I did, I didn't always accept the Virgo lesson for me, but now that I have, and it started when Jupiter was in Virgo. Uh, so that was uh, late 2014 into spring 2015. Yeah. No, no, no. Late 2015 was that year Jupiter was in Virgo. Um, I have just found such closeness and friendship and support and amazing relationships with Virgos. I love them so much. And I agree. I think that they're on, they're misunderstood because people are just not impeccable with them. And I don't mean you need to be like perfect with a capital P to get along well with a Virgo. But I think all they ask is that you say what you mean, you mean what you say, and you do what you say you're going to do. And if you can't do that, just leave them alone and don't waste their time. But if you can do that, like they will be one of the most loyal, supportive, generous, funny, uh, challenging in the best way, like friends and loved ones like you will ever have. Not to toot my own horn, but yeah. Toot, toot, <laughs> baby. Toot, toot. It's Virgo season. Come on now. I know. And I just realized I put two and two together. It's Virgo season and we're in a Capricorn moon. That's kind of nuts. Come on now. Come on. Like, this is clearly destiny. And I was just like, we're really like, oh yeah, you know what? I'll do it on Friday. And I, I didn't even know. And I technically, I do do this for a living. And I usually do <laughs> check like, when's a good day to record a podcast? Is there a Mercury aspect? But it's just like Friday, boom. And then here we are. Amazing. So I actually, I, before getting into your interest in astrology, I realized that I've been throwing out buzzwords that even I like only knew as of recent. So for those who don't know much about astrology, let's go over the basics. Sure. So what, in I guess like layman's terms, is a birth chart? Oh, that's a great question. A birth chart, so let's situate the fact that when we actually talk about the zodiac, we are talking about the location of the 12 zodiac constellations. Okay, so that's one concept. And the other concept is just like the sun rises in the east and sets in the west, so do all the constellations of the zodiac. Mm -hmm. So the constellation Aries was literally rising the moment you were born. It was on the oh, easternmost horizon. Okay, okay. Right? So I'm situating that because then we can situate, okay, Earth's hemisphere, right? So it's going to be a circle, and that's what the birth chart is. It represents a map of where the constellations were based on the location, the time, and the date of our birth, and where the planets were in relationship to those zodiac signs. Because now that we know what the chart is, the next building block is the fact that planets are always transiting one of the 12 zodiac constellations and the distance between them represents the energy and the aspects that tell the larger story. So for you, Aries was literally rising. It was dawning the moment you were born. Thus you dawn on other people, just like an Aries. Mm -hmm. The moon was transiting Capricorn. So if we looked at the Capricorn section of your chart, your moon would be there, maybe other planets like Uranus, Neptune, if you're in that age group as me and Lindsay are, right? The sun was transiting Virgo. And then each of the planets from the sun all the way to Pluto and the zodiac signs that they're in, I believe represent the story of our self-actualization available to us in this lifetime. But that's my way of looking at it. It's not every astrologer's way. Nobody has a monopoly on it. Go ahead. 
That's awesome. I didn't actually realize. I was wondering why I was called the like rising or ascendant, but that checks out. Right, checks out, Virgo. Well, and I say that too because I think Zoe, like astrology, there's a bit of a a distance between us and what it means because we don't actually understand often that this really is the location and the map of time when we were born. And when we know that, we feel a deeper connection to the story. We feel a a deeper connection to to the clock, to the framework, to the time. And then what's really beautiful too is if we know that in, you know, in one day, you know, zodiac sign spends an hour and a half before it goes on to the next one, that then means that in one day, the entire zodiac will rise and set. Yeah. Because there's 12 signs in the zodiac and they're there for about an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes. So that's actually what concludes 24 hours in a day is that from Aries, Aries to Pisces, every single zodiac sign has had their moment in the sun. Yeah, isn't it? Because there, there, there yeah. are poetics to this. Because when we see this, we're like, what the fuck is this like weird circle and geometry? And what the hell is going on here? But when we actually see that there's poetics to it and that there's significance and meaning uh, to the time and we can tell that story, I think people feel a, a deeper spiritual connection to the circle. Yeah. And I certainly have like, especially recently, partially because I identify so much with a lot of my signs um, and kind of to, I guess, go off of that. I, I wanted to help clarify the different signs or the different um, aspects of the chart selfishly to go over my own. <laughs> no, I love it. Go ahead. And it, this is your, this is your show Aries rising. So we'll go over it. Go ahead. Okay. So for the sun in Virgo, I mean, the sun is if like the one that most people probably know on their chart, like what's your sign. And it's like your basic identity, I guess. You know what? I would actually say people look at it very differently, right? Mm. So this is just my method. And you could have an astrologer here in an hour who would say something completely different. The way that I look at it is the moon sign, right? So remember, that's where the moon, uh, the zodiac sign that the moon was transiting for, you know, it's two and a half day span, the day you were born, represents what you're born as, your fundamental nature. So it's how you see you, right? It's your factory settings. Mm-hmm. The sun sign, so that's when we say, what's your sign? What we're really asking is, what zodiac constellation was the sun transiting the day you were born? And that sun sign represents the zodiac archetype that you're meant to become in this lifetime, but it's not what you're born as. Okay. So being a Capricorn moon, what would that mean? You're born a Capricorn moon, but you're learning to become the Virgo sun in this lifetime. And that process of becoming is filtered through the Aries rising for the world to see. Oh, okay. Right. And what? some people have the same moon and sun. So, you know, that's cool. You're becoming you who and, you are. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, way to go. You're exactly who you are. You know, <laughs> but for you and me, who are becoming different sun signs of the moon, right? That process of becoming is what uh, really it, life is all about. And that stage and evolution is always filtered through the rising sign. Got it. One thing I find interesting is that Capricorns are kind of notorious or known for like repressing emotions, but I am very open with my emotions. As you can see, I talk, I cry all the time. Um, what's up with that? <laughs> you know, yeah, no, there's so much to say there. I believe that astrologers will just speak to the information available to them at their generation and at their moment in time. And we've gone through over the last 15 or 20 years, like just a massive exploration into emotional health, into mental health, 
into what uh, academic terminology is called self-conscious affect, so the emotion that makes us think about ourselves, that's fairly new within culture. So when earlier contributions of astrology and astrologers said that Capricorns are emotionally repressed and Capricorns are stoic and Capricorns are this, I believe that they were speaking from the general ex generational experience and the mm. proximity that they had to that educational material. Do I believe that to be true now? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I believe that Capricorn, we always want to remember, is a sign of the sea goat. So their upper half is the mountain climbing goat that is meant to be ambitious and responsible and do, you know, uh, creative self-employed ventures like you and I both are doing. But their bottom half is still a fishtail. So symbolically, that then means that Capricorn energy can swim to the bottom of the ocean and dwell with the best of the water signs, Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces. I also uh -huh. don't believe that it serves a purpose for us to put the primary burden of emotionality onto the three water signs in astrology, because we're all as human yeah. beings, that's not, so what, the rest of us are just sociopaths? <laughs> it's true. And also I don't have any water in my chart. So, and it, which doesn't make sense considering I'm, you know, I have a podcast where I literally just talk about my feelings <laughs> every week. Right. Well, and you want to know Zoe that technically you might not have any personal planets. Well, actually you do. Cause what year were you born? 1995. Okay, so do you have a Pluto in Sag or a Pluto in Scorpio? Ooh, um, that is the one I did not write down. I'm not sure. That's I, okay. I okay, that. you you probably 1995. Okay, I think you have a Pluto in Sag then. So you're right. Yeah, there's very little water, but that then means though that yes, you might not have any personal art, but then you have a North Node in Scorpio. I think with 1995. Maybe let me quickly yes. check my chart. So all of do this to, to say, yes, you? you do have water in your astrology. All of this to say you do. And um, even if even if, you had a, even if you had a Pluto in Sag and let's say a North Node in Libra, which you definitely do not, right? You have three houses. Oh, wait, it says my Pluto's in Capricorn. Is that, is that right? No, that, that couldn't be. Hold up, because that, that happened in 2007. Pluto. In, but I do have a Neptune in Pisces. Oh, there we hold on a minute that couldn't be because neptune entered pisces in 2011 which would make you nine <gasps> is, my years old. is my life a lie <laughs> no i think you might have put in like the the wrong year but <gasps> wait you know what double check double check so wait when's your birthday september or august september 21st 1995 got it okay i got you don't worry so let's see let's see let's see let's see okay girl you got <gasps> scorpio I just realized that I put in September 21st, 2015. Hello. Oh that's gosh. why I was like, no, you do not. Okay. No, but listen, this is what happens. This is what happens. Okay. So here's what I have in your astrology. Oh my gosh. Am I going to like change my, is this going to change everything about me? Well, it most <laughs> certainly might. Okay. So September 21st, 1995, right? Uh, you have a Pluto in Scorpio, oh. a Mars in Scorpio, okay? Interesting. You have a, a Saturn in Pisces, so you have actually a lot of water energy, all of this to oh, say. Well, then that makes a lot more sense. There right, we but go. even, let's just say, even if you didn't, you have three houses in your chart that are ruled by water signs. So everybody has the whole zodiac within them, but we're just not responsible to necessarily have you know, a particular concentration or a personal planet in a zodiac sign. 
but no, you are absolutely, you have water in your astrology. <laughs> wow. That is so funny. I need to adjust this now. Um, but anyways, <laughs> well, no, this is good. This is welcome to the innovation. Creati yeah. Creativity, baby. We're allowed to make mistakes. Go ahead. So for Ma um, so for the other signs you have like Mercury, I think is intellect. Mars is, or Venus is like how you communicate through love and values, values. and your romantic desires and your financial literacy as well. Mm -hmm. And wait, did my moon just change? Because I actually see a moon in Leo there. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, that's okay. That's okay. I love that we're discovering this in real time. This is this is wild. Show this to people. I miss my Capricorn moon, but it's okay. I'm still friends. I, I miss my Capricorn moon. I only had it for a few days. No, I love it. Yeah, no. Well, you still have Capricorn in your chart. Everybody has a zodiac sign in there. You know, everybody has a house ruled by a particular zodiac sign. So if you're feeling drawn to understand that Capricorn energy, that was not by accident. This happens all the time for people, actually. Yeah. And there's a lot of meaning there. Go ahead. No, I mean, it, it makes sense. And it kind of, it goes to my next point of what, I mean, I've, I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated about astrology for a number of reasons. Like, uh, for one thing, I wasn't really raised with any religion. My mom's Jewish. My dad's Greek Orthodox. They were like, do what you want. And I was like, cool. And growing, and then growing up, I mean, I never really had like a strong draw to either faith or at least like God as a like white man kind of thing. And so when I think about astrology, I think, okay, it's just a belief system. It's instead of, except instead of like worshiping, you know, a dude, like a, a guy who's like, here's my, like, eat my bread, it's my body. That was really not, that was probably blasphemous. No, it's funny. It's funny. It's funny. Jesus but, is laughing, I'm sure. Yes. Sorry, Jesus. But it's just a different way to look at it. And you're just kind of having a different way of thinking about the world. And there was this article that came out a while back that was talking about astrology in the ages of uncertainty and how it peaks it has like peaked whenever there's been like the great depression and then a war because people want to think want to give some to look at something that will give them certainty at times when they feel like their world is in chaos yes right 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 and i have a lot of feelings about that as i'm sure you can imagine and i can go over that but i want to make sure i don't want to steamroll in case you had a specific question go ahead no i'd love to hear your thoughts on that well, yeah, I, I was actually interviewed for that article. I had one line so I could say, I've seen oh him in gosh. New Yorker. Yeah, no, it's so funny. Um, but, <laughs> so, yeah, it was just like, no, everything changed in 2011. That was my contribution because Neptune entered Pisces. Uh, but no, so I think that people lean on metaphysics and spirituality in times of prolonged uncertainty and uh, world crisis. Absolutely. And we were all interviewed before uh, COVID, obviously, because that article came out, I want to say in January, February of this year. And yes, there are uh, many people who come to astrology for certainty. And I believe that there are astrologers who will peddle certainty to people who are susceptible to ideological capture. And I think that's actually really irresponsible. 
because we're not here to tell people what's about to happen because I don't believe that astrology is best used as a crystal ball. I believe astrology is best used as a mirror. So we could say to you, Zoe, we don't know what's about to happen tomorrow or what's about to happen six months from now. But what we do know is that you can choose who you want to be while you're in the space of this prolonged uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And if you feel comfortable and regulated there, then I believe that you could do significant work. But yeah, I, I think that people are leaning on spirituality and belief systems now more than ever. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Um, but I think we just want to be really careful not to sell or peddle certainty and uh, we also want to look at the results in these people's life experiences, because as you know, there are people who claim because of Judeo-Christianity to believe in a loving God. And what do they do in the name of that loving God? Not a whole lot of loving things. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's not always about belief here. It's about, does your experience prove the efficacy of your beliefs? And you can be an atheist, you can be an agnostic and just live a loving, peaceful, gentle life. Mm -hmm. Just as you can be a devout born again Christian and lock a lot of people out of your heart. So I'm not really interested in like belief systems from astrology to uh, uh, Judaism, Christianity, Hinduism, Buddhism. I'm not interested in any of that. I'm interested in how's it working for you so far. Yeah. And that's a really great way to put it. It's not like I don't know how much I love the concept of like horoscopes and saying oh like this is what's going to happen to you today because I'm already an anxious person like I don't want to know that like 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 what to fear for and and I I think it's a more as you said a, a tool for self-reflection and um that's part of what I found in this article it's like it was I mean this was a different one but it was ta- from the Huffington Post and it was talking about how a lot of times, and I mean, you probably know from having an Instagram account about astrology, but people kind of couple that with therapy or use it as their own means of, of like looking at themselves to d- develop a further understanding of our blocks and where we self-sabotage and then address that. Yeah. And I think that's great. I think that's wonderful because as I said, I like to use astrology as a mirror, not a crystal ball. Mm-hmm. And I feel real comfortable in talking to my clients about how astrology can be utilized for personal insight and not only aligning with, you know, the places of self-sabotage and difficulty, but the strengths as well. Uh, and I think that that's something that, frankly, the astrological community would want to remember because we are living in a time of prolonged uncertainty, anticipatory grief and chaos and crisis. And so what we need to remind people Uh, is the fact that they have strengths already imbued within their astrological chart and those strengths need to be aligned with. I don't believe in a deficit-based approach to astrology. I believe in a strengths-based approach to astrology, who a Virgo son, Zoe, uh, developed in the late 80s, early 90s. He was a social worker and his name was Dennis Salibi. And he believes in a strengths-based perspective to help people feel empowered within their ecosystem. And astrologers love to go, oh, yeah, you have no water in your chart or being a square Saturn, like, I guess you're just going to die alone. And it's like, what? what? And what, what are we doing? And I think that's, again, really irresponsible. And because I never really had an intention of becoming an astrologer until I had no other choice, I never bought into that. I never cared about any of that. I never was trained in like 
certain levels of astrological thought that pitch certainty like they think they can. And I just have absolutely no patience or tolerance for it at all. I think it's really dangerous. Yeah, I agree. I remember going to like a, I mean, this was like a, I don't know if it was a psychic or something in DC once. And it was my junior year of high school. So I was like applying to colleges. Uh, it was a while back, but I, this memory has stuck with me. And <laughs> she told me that I wasn't working hard enough. And I was like, of all of the issues I have, that is the one thing that <laughs> I do not. I am working my ass off. So I was like, okay, this is kind of BS. But um, uh, now I, I like the idea that, you know, when you think of a stereotypical Virgo, it's like someone who's a super perfectionist and all of that, which I relate to. But by recognizing that, it's almost a further form of self-awareness and being like, I do do that, but I am, you know, trying to be like more in the moment and things like that. Yeah. And embrace imperfection. And I think that's where astrologers, tower readers, counselors, clinicians, therapists, theologians, you know, coaches, insert title here, uh, can really contribute is to tell a story and hold a lot of vision of what's possible for you because of this chart. And we could say, all right, Zoe, yeah, you may tap dance in perfectionism. And that's not necessarily the wisest thing because perfectionism is a shame-based response. So can we actually align you with what is considered healthy striving in the literature and personal growth? Meaning you're going to strive for excellence more often than not. You will have you know, resources and tools for when failure and mistake happens because they're inevitable. And how do you embed that learning into continue to becoming the Virgo you're capable of? that's where we can contribute in this moment. Yeah. No, I love that. And so one thing I wanted to go over where I guess when doing some research on astrology and mental health, a lot of stuff that came up was like, I think things that are or phrases and times that are thrown around to negatively contribute to, I guess, possibly negatively contribute to mental health by virtue of, you know, negatively contributing to something else. So like Mercury in retrograde, for example, I guess for anyone who doesn't know or has heard the term, what is Mercury in retrograde? Uh, when does that happen? And you know, what, what usually goes on at that time? Got it. So uh, when we say Mercury is retrograde, we often think that retrograde is a place like Mercury is in retrograde, but it actually just is or isn't retrograde, oh, okay. right? And that's because it has to do with movement. It's not necessarily a destination, right? Now, Mercury retrograde will happen three to four times a year, depending on the year that we're in. And it happens every three to four months. And it's basically like the, the pumpkin spice latte of astrology, right? It's like everybody knows it, but not really like what the fuck is even happening. It's like yeah. very basic. <laughs> Okay. Um, and really what it is, is just that the planet of cognition, transportation, technology, active listening and communication, I might've said that twice, um, just spins backward for about three weeks. And the reason why it does that is because modernity moves way too fast. We are not given societal cultural permission to move a little bit more judiciously and slowly and slow and soberly to integrate the learnings of our lives. And even in the midst of a global pandemic, I have never been busier. I don't know how this happened. I can do about 90% less of what I used to be able to do. And yet I've never been busier. Like this is the state of the world that we live in. 
And Mercury retrograde is basically just a pause. And it's the universe's way of saying, okay, everybody, slow down and integrate your learning outcomes and your awareness uh, a little bit more deeply, particularly around the theme of when Mercury last went direct to now. So it's just a relaxation period. It's a slow period. So what we're going to want to do is, again, move cautiously, move slowly, because if we move with the same pace of Mercury direct during a Mercury retrograde, we're probably going to get our ass kicked. Got it. So that's why there's like, no, don't buy any impulsive new iPhones or well, be cautious that, doing so. I don't like to do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. Like I am the voice for God, you know, like I don't fucking know what people need to do, but I'm just telling you, Hey, listen, this is the astrological weather that you're in. So bring an umbrella. Maybe if you feel moved not to leave the house, you don't have to do that either. Wear this instead because it might get a little wet, you know? So it's like, that's what I think we got to do. And then tell other people, make your choices wisely from there. Yeah, it's true. One thing I thought was interesting was I think Venus was in retrograde, like it May? was the spring. Yeah, right? May thirteenth to June twenty seventh. Yep. My my ex boyfriend dumped me May fifteenth. Weird. Oh Pretty weird up. though, right? And what was? May I ask what his sun sign was, or is that like? Yeah, he was a Sag. A Sagittarius. Okay, mutable signs. Got it. Okay. And I aren't aren't Virgos and Sages like uh? It's a it's called the square match. Yeah, I see yeah. The, the, the hand you're making. Yeah, it's like the, the, the 90 degree angle because you're three signs apart. But uh, to that point, I don't believe in bad compatibility either. But would that be a stereotypical bad compatibility just out of curiosity? People would try to make that out to be like, that's the truth. But honestly, Zoe, like you could be with the trine match. You could be with the Capricorn. And just because it's trine doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be excited. Like, just because it's easy and comfortable doesn't necessarily oh. mean it's compatible. Like, again, like, this is, you know, astrologers are speaking from their generational experience and their proximity to certain information. You know, I just started studying, like, relational dialectics, which is all about how, you know, the, the, the fundamental contra contradiction or oppositional energy is the foundation of a meaningful relationship. Opposition and contradiction. Yeah. No, I believe that, like, opposites attract and stuff. Right. No. Yeah. No. Would that make sense to us? Right. But when astrology, as it was being transcribed the way that we know it now, that was not the leading, the leading theories in relational intelligence and relational technology. That theory of relational dialectics, Zoe, came out in 1988. Oh, wow. So the role of the modern astrologer right now is to take this ancient system and say, oh, okay, so let's cross-reference what other people are saying in the fields around emotional health, around financial success, around relational technologies, and around professional contributions, around social justice, around politics, around race, cl gender, class. Let's bring all of those voices into this conversation, fact-check astrology for accuracy right now, and update it to the best of our capabilities, because we don't want to sound antiquated right now, especially when people are leaning, us on, uh, leaning on us now more than ever. Yeah. No, that's a good point. And like the last, I guess, like uh, time frame or I don't even know what you'd call it. But one thing I was really fascinated with is I had heard about like Saturn's return and and then uh, Jupiter's return. Uh, right. Yeah, and you Jupiter's, just finished yours. 
Yeah. And when I found that out, it everything clicked because I, I, for background, one of the reasons I started this podcast was because when I moved here and I was like 23, I had like the worst year of my life. I was, I was like, uh, I'm like, what is happening? Where are my friends? Why am I so depressed? And it was just like this confusing time. And I think then knowing that was so such a relief to say, oh, maybe it's because I'm going, there's this like, well, I guess you could explain what the, Ju- what the Saturn return is. Or Jupiter well, return. This, yeah, because at 23, 24, that's our uh, second Jupiter return. So the Jupiter return happens whenever we're at an age that's divisible of 11 and a half or 12. And yeah, people spend a lot of time talking about the Saturn return as like the, the important rite of passage of this decade, when I really think it's the Jupiter return that's the sacred initiation. Mm-hmm. And and the Saturn return is the the building of that which we are, you know, kind of learning and living from because of the Jupiter return. But the way that I interpret the Jupiter return, and once again, this is just my method and technique. This is not the monopoly, and astrologers can agree, disagree, or you know, complicate it. But I think it's really a year that asks you to ask yourself: Do you, Zoe, perceive what is best for you? More often than not, are you making choices that reflect what is best for you? And do those choices show up as best for you since the results confirm it? Like, for example, there's a lot of talk in the, you know, the current culture right now about can't trust anybody, don't do this, vulnerability is weakness, blah, 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 blah. Is that true? No. Yeah, I don't think so. No. But we make choices from that all the time. Let me be protective. Let me be vigilant. Let me do this. Let me do that. And then where does that wind up? We wind up in solitude, loneliness, and cognitive mental health degeneration. So we think we know what's best for us, but do we really? So Jupiter enters the fucking picture (laughs) and says, well, I'd love for you to get all these things. I want you to be happy too. And guess what? I'm probably going to give you what you want. And then let me know how that works out for you three months from now. Because you're the one that wanted to move. You're the one that wanted to do this. Okay, we'll make it happen. Let me know if that makes you happy. Yeah. It's like really the quarter life crisis. 100%. And then from there, you could do a couple of different things. You could shove your head so far up your own ass and say, it's not me. It's everyone else. It's mommy. It's daddy. It's this. It's this history. It's this trauma. It's this. I don't know what to tell you and take zero responsibility for your life and then get your ass handed to you when your Saturn return hits. Or you could say, wow, Look what happened. My best thinking got me here. And where am I? I'm really unhappy. So I need to learn a new way of thinking. Because that's the only reason how I got here. Was because I wasn't thinking clearly. I wasn't seeing accurately. I wasn't relating the way that I ought to. So what are different techniques and methods and frameworks for me to see accurately, for me to, for me to exist with more integrity and live from a place of knowing what's best for me? So that when my Saturn return hits at 29, I get what Saturn really wants to give me which is worldly validation and legitimacy, belonging in the industry that I want to be in, and a sense of personal and internal satisfaction so that regardless of what's happening to me externally, I am at peace with myself. I feel like that aligns so perfectly with like the millennial attitude. Okay. In what sense? Just like, I think like a lot of people in, you know, or people like young adults right now want what you just described. And I think that's how they would define success. 
is, oh yeah, meaning just, regardless of what's happening outside of me, I am at peace within myself. Yep, exactly. And and like just feeling like waking up each day, being excited to be doing what you're doing, which I mean, I don't think a lot of people are doing that. I think that's what they want. But yeah. it's that self-awareness key, like piece that is missing in order to, as you said, kind of make that switch when you're 23 or 24 in your mindset to be like, okay, but how are we going to get there? Right. I love that because I think you're absolutely right. I, I, I think the self-awareness is there, though. I think people know, you know, I'm not really where I want to be. I'm not doing what I want to be doing. I'm not with who I want to be with. But I think what happens is habit, history, comfort takes over. And we're like, but you know what? Let me just do this until like I bottom out or whatever. Or let me just do this until something better comes along. But what I really believe is that from 25, which is where you're at, you're, you're 26 now, 25, 26? You're 20, about to 25. Okay, 2025. 25. 25 to 29, Zoe, is all about really understanding the new way to interpret your perception correctly, to live from a place of worthiness, to align with integrity so much so that you're not kind of just on the habit and history hamster wheel. Of like, well, because this is the way I've always done it and let me just keep doing it this way. Yeah, it's funny. In in my therapy session earlier today, literally, she she must have said three times that quote, like the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different result. And I was like, I could get it. I get it. <laughs> right. I know. Like you said it. And aren't you the one saying it so many fucking times and I still haven't gotten it. So who's insane here, Doc? Okay. <laughs> no, I, I was like, it's true. It's true. And really, I think that you know, millennials, uh, and really anybody, regardless of what age group you're at, you're at, just ask yourself, like, how's it working for me so far? What are my results showing? Because if I'm not at peace, something's not right. Mm -hmm. And that means, and this is where we got Jupiter and Capricorn happening until uh, December, Saturn is retrograding in Capricorn right now. What all these planets are saying, Zoe, is if you do not take radical responsibility for your life, I don't want to know why you're upset. Yeah. And it's true. I mean, granted, I'm in I'm guilty of that in many ways, but I feel like this past year has really shown me that the like the preconceived notion of success I had or what I wanted to do was just like what was that? And also, I mean, if we look at like this pandemic right now, I hope it's shown people like nothing is for certain. Ten-year plans are stupid. Like you can't predict anything. So exactly, exactly. Just keep doing so, what you want. Or again, yeah. Ask yourself, who do I want to be while I'm in the space of this prolonged uncertainty? Because mm -hmm. regardless of whether or not COVID is eradicated from the face of the earth, we will always be living in prolonged uncertainty. So who do we want to be? Yep. And then if you have, and if you have those answers, then you're playing a completely different repertoire in the world right now. And you're adaptable. You're you're grounded in your values. You're aligned with spiritual convictions. You're relationally connected. Yeah. You know, and that's really what people need right now is they need they need to know that they're not in it alone. They're feeling deeply connected with others, and that from that space of social support, can they get to the outcomes that they're looking for? Yeah, I, I think kind of as as you mentioned, like going back to not looking to astrology or really anything for certainty, but more so looking to it being like, okay, I'm comfortable in the uncertainty. 
and like yeah yeah because yeah. that's as you said like life <laughs> not exactly. just the pandemic it's life it's just life and i think that's why i appreciate what this experience i don't want to romanticize it by any stretch but i think it's really just confronted with the people like honey we don't know anything like we thought we did Yep. And so the only thing we know is that we are the ones responsible to be at cause and to take a stand for our lives and the lives we want to create and with whom we want to write our life stories with. That's it. And if you are aware of that, then you have the focus and the energy and the discipline to align with really the only things that we're responsible to regulate. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Hi, everyone. I hope you're enjoying the episode with Colin as much as I was recording it. Um, But I really wanted to quickly remind you about another one of my sponsors, BetterHelp. Uh, BetterHelp is the largest online counseling service. I have actually recently been starting with um, my own BetterHelp counselor, and I gave her a little shout out in the episode. If you didn't, if you heard, um, she was the one telling me that uh, about... Um, the definition of insanity, which I needed to hear. Um, but again, uh, as Colin and I talked about, like astrology is great, but it can't be just done alone. Like it, it's not its own like self, you know, it needs to be coupled with some real work. And that's what's so amazing about therapy and better help just awesome because it's a much more affordable option than trying to find a play like a person in New York and bouncing around therapists and, you can talk to your counselor like during the week, which is new to me. Um, and I just really love it. So if you guys want to get 10% off your first month of therapy, you can go to trybetterhelp.com slash Zoe. And again, that's 10% off your first month. And um, yeah, and I think also I just wanted to mention like, obviously you guys know when I talk about sponsors, um, I do get a benefit. And so that's why they're so important to me and that's why I plug them both because I love what they do. I mean, I wouldn't want to work with anyone that I didn't feel like a special alignment with, but also this is really how I am able to keep making my podcast. So, um, you know, if you're thinking about therapy, use my code and that way you're, you're going to kill in two birds with one stone. You're, um, supporting yourself and also supporting me a little bit. Anyways, I'll get back to the episode with Colin. So before I wrap up, I always end with five questions unrelated to astrology. <laughs> Here we go. Um, but I've took them from a New York Times article, and uh, I still need a better way to preface that. Anyway, <laughs> first question is, what's one thing in your life that's happened to you that's made you a stronger person today? Well, it's interesting that you brought up um, your birthday, uh, September 21st. So my best friend, who was born on that day as well, she unfortunately passed away in a freak accident in 2017. So when I knew that you started your podcast at the loss of your best friend, I knew I wanted to talk to you right away. And it was her death that really made me understand quickly just the fragility of life. This is not a joke and this is not a game. And I need to live uh, having been confronted with death with as much life as possible. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's true. It's like the most sobering thing to ever happen. And especially at a young age, like you just really realize like nothing, it, you really realize what is important, I think. Oh, without a doubt, because 
falsehood cannot stand in the presence of an experience like that. Exactly. So all you're le- all you're left with is holding meaning and depth and value. And if you make the choice to live with that understanding rather than re-emerging into the frantic modern world that wants us to nope, climb that corporate ladder and make a lot of money and do this and get married and da, 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 then again you're not faced with her death in vain. You know, you're operating from that value and from that origin. So it would be the loss of uh, of my best friend Tansy, who had your birthday. Wow. Yeah, well, synchronicity. Well, I'm sorry about your friend, but I think Thank you, you too. I think they're both like living in what we do, which is what I like to hope. Yes. Uh, without a doubt. Beautifully said. Okay. Second question is, do you believe everything happens for a reason? I believe that that's one way to apply meaning. Yeah. Like how, 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 I guess. Like... It's one way to, it's a meaning making device is everything happens for a reason. Um, yeah. My concern would be that like, okay, but let's look at what's happening in the status of racial equity in this country right now, mm-hmm. you know? And if I just take the stance of, oh, everything happens for a reason, it could almost give me a permission slip to be a little too passive. Yep. And that's why I get like, that's one way to apply meaning. But I believe that, uh, all that life is, is a set of lessons faithfully rehearsed, which is what A Course in Miracles talks about. And if I'm not happy with the way things are going, I'm not just going to go, oh, it's meant to be. It's going to be that discomfort is a call to action to like, Colin, get it together and start contributing and straighten up and fly right for the times in which you live. Because you, no more or less than anybody else, was assigned to this moment in this generation, this time. So make sure you act accordingly, please. Yeah. I like to flip it and say you can learn something from everything that happens. Oh, right. Because Victor, Victor Frankl, who wrote Man's Search for Meaning, are you aware Love of his that. book? Oh, yes. Yeah, see? Yeah. And the whole notion was that like, to live is to suffer. Not suffer all, to- all the time, but to live, we will suffer. But we are meant to find meaning in the suffering. And what mm-hmm. you just said, like you can find lessons in everything. And maybe the lesson is, why wasn't I awake to the uh, realities of police brutality? Why was I uh, sleeping on the private industrial prison complex? Like, what was going on here? So how can I, you know, be who the times are asking me to be to get to work? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Do you have a favorite quote or a mantra that you live by? Ooh. Yeah, I mean... I'm a student of A Course in Miracles and, you know, Marianne Williamson, Gabrielle Bernstein teach on that, that central uh, book. And its consideration is that um, all of emotions in our lives can be brought down to love or fear. And when you live with fear, you are chronically in attack, defense, vigilance, separation, ego, darkness, complications, you know, bitterness, contempt, all of that. When you live with love, you are a part of a cosmically art ordered universe where things work for you and you're in beautiful relationships with others and they're in beautiful relationships with you and things just work and there's a little bit more of heaven on earth. And so my central mantra is, you know, choose love over fear always. Yeah, I, I love that. And it's actually something I was thinking about today. I think it was because I saw like a post or something, but it was 
I also brought up in another um, interview I had where we talked about just how when you love yourself, all of a sudden it, you realize, like, if you take a step back, you realize how much kinder you're being to others, how much more you're attracting others just into your life and good people. So I 100% agree with that whole, like, manifestation of, like, just if you give out love, you'll get love. 100% because we are love. I mean, you know, not to be totally like biblical here, but like, you know, God is love. We are all ideas in the mind of God. And so mm-hmm. we are expressions of love on earth as it was written in heavens. Our charts are love letters to us from the universe. When we're in love, that's the spiritual experience, right? Victor Frankl said in, in his book that he can know bliss again by contemplation of his beloved because love is the reason why we're here. Yeah. And why would, you know, I know, and why would we be here if we weren't meant to understand love because we are love given and received? Yeah. No, so true. And then final question, which is the name of the podcast is how do you find solace in the city? <laughs> Meditation. I am a devout meditator. So really? meditate every morning. Oh yeah. Meditate every morning, five minutes after the work work of a course of miracles. Think about the people that I love, pray for the people that I know I'm going to meet today intend for the love of the people that I don't know I'm going to meet today that I'm going to meet today. And I just try to carry that concentration, that focus with me wherever I go. Yeah. I've been trying to do that too. I've been meditating ever since I got back to the city. It's, it's difficult, but I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> You're working on it. It's a work in progress. Yeah. Just give yourself five minutes in the morning. Like that's really, that's all you would need, you know? Yeah. Don't go on social media. Don't type, don't text, don't talk. Just go right into that five minutes and you're going to be working with a totally different tenor. Love it. Yeah. So Colin, thank you so much for coming on. I'm so, I feel really honored that you answered my email and, um, and that, <laughs> and, and that Lindsay was a part of this. So thank you, Lindsay. <laughs> with as, as with everything. <laughs> I know, except now I'm not one. I'm not one of the tribe. <laughs> Don't worry. Well, you still have something in common with her because she's very Libra, as are you. And she's I a think Virgo she's rising. Be- Virgo rising, right. And I, mm-hmm. yeah, I think she's got Scorpio somewhere too, if I did her chart correctly. So no, you're in the same frequency for sure. Cool, cool. Where can everyone follow you, reach out to you, find you? Yeah, you can follow me on my socials. I use Instagram the most. So uh, it's at Queer Cosmos, Q-U-E-E-R-C-O-S-M-O-S. I'm currently taking a hiatus on my longer readings, but uh, I'm doing mini readings on an app called Intro, which I'm really excited about. So if they want to book like a 15 minute, you know, quick question call for me, uh, you can do so on that app and or find me when I reopen my books at the end of the year. Awesome. Well, thank you again. Thank you, Zoe. Thank you.